It's really my pleasure to, uh, I'm excited to share this morning um, on Advent. This is, I mean, I don't know. I love Christmas. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I grew up in the Philippines. And so we start celebrating Christmas in the Philippines uh, September 1st. Uh, if you know any, any Filipino friends, uh, it's the first Burr month. Uh, it's the first the month that ends in Burr. And I grew up saying that Christmas is supposed to be cold. And so it's the first Burr month. So literally growing up in the Philippines, I remember September 1st, all the lights and all the, the lanterns coming out and Christmas music, everything. Um, and so I just love Christmas and I love the season of Christmas. I love um, the gift giving. I love the, the, the times, the travel, the smells, kind of all of it around Christmas. Um, but also, I think more importantly, I really love what um, Christmas really means. Um, you know, we can get caught up in all the all the the extras of Christmas. Um, uh, Sarah and I were just down uh, near Rockefeller Center the a couple of weeks ago, and the lighting of the tree, and just the craziness and and the madness, but also the beauty and the wonder um, that, that the city provides around this season. And so to be able to speak um, around Christmas, uh, we've been in this series of Advent has, has been amazing, but also to speak on this issue or this, this idea of love. A good friend of mine um, was hired or was, was elected actually to be uh, a denominational leader. Um, he's president of the denomination and a church denomination, a group of about 2000 churches here in the US um, and about 23,000 churches around the world. And as he was beginning to beginning his presidency of, of this, this group of churches, of this network, a denomination, um, he, he was feeling like, what, what is it that I need to talk about? You know, what is this vision that us as a group of churches uh, kind of should be about, like what is the pillar? And you know, he began thinking and he tells a story. He was on this this flight visiting one of our group of churches uh, over. I think it was is in Asia, and so he's on this long flight. If you've ever made these long flights from you know from the U.S. Uh, over over the Pacific, you know, these 13, 14 hour long flights. Uh, he was sitting in the back, just wrestling with. What is it that as a group of churches is the most important thing for us? And he kept coming back to, and it, you know, he said, he says, you know, sitting there in 24D, uh, you know, the word love kept on coming back up. And he kept on saying, you know, asking, God, is that really it? That seems too simple of an idea. Um, it seems too basic of an idea. And he just kept on sitting in it and realizing, no, this, this is really what we are. Um, as a people, um, we are called to be people of love. Um, beyond our experiences, uh, beyond anything else, if we aren't characterized by a people of love, if that isn't what exudes from us, if we're not really talking about the love of God and experiencing that in a true meaningful way. What is this really about? And, and that's, I think, the challenge a little bit of this message today is how in 15, 10, 15 minutes do we explain or do we talk about the love of God? And as I was wrestling with this and thinking about the Christmas season, really landed with this, this one big idea that 
I really hope, and I'll, I'll end on this a little bit, but just this one thing I could say a lot about, about love, but my hope is, is after I share a little bit that we feel and that you know, and that I know that you are loved. That despite our circumstances, despite what we see, that you are deeply, personally loved. And that that love is unlike anything else in this world. Um, one, one of the writers in the scripture says that, that God has placed eternity in the hearts of men and women. That there's something in us that craves, that desires something that is deep. And my hope for you is that you would know that type of love, the love that sustains and the love that satisfies um, in the midst of our loneliness, in the midst of the craziness, in the midst of all these other loves that we seek after, um, trying to fill that deepest part of us. See, as we come into the Christmas season, we, the church, does these weird things they have these rhythms they have these practices uh you know if you've grown up in a high church circumstance you you might have going up and seeing you know communion the eucharist you just various types and seasons and one of those seasons one of those traditions that the church does is advent and in most of our traditions there's usually two in, with each tradition there's two different reasons why we do these traditions the first tradition, the first reason is we are called to remember. And, you know, this time of the year, Christmas time, I find myself at the end of the end of year, you know, just remembering everything. Sarah and I were just talking about uh, the last year. We got married about eight weeks ago and actually eight weeks ago today uh, we got married and we were remembering this whole year. We were, you know, watching our, watching our wedding video with some of our friends and just remembering that. And, you know, that's a unique thing, but we remember a lot just naturally at this time of the year, the good, the difficult, the bad, um, you know, going into the new year, it's just a time of remembering. And so as we go into Advent, Advent is a time of remembering, remembering uh, who God is, remembering the story of God, remembering key aspects of God, because the reality is oftentimes we can forget. Even the basic things, like my friend uh, was, was talking about, it's so easy to forget love. Uh, it's so easy to forget some of these basic things that we've heard over and over again. God is love. God loves us. Those seem so basic, but we, we need to remember that. We actually see this remembering all throughout scripture. Um, I was just reading in the Psalms this week, and, and David is calling, is telling himself, remember the goodness of God. Remember his love. Uh, remember that God remembers us and even calling God in some cases to remember us uh, in our circumstance. Mary in, in the beginning of, in the beginning of Luke calls out, uh, talks, tells about God, how God is the one who remembered me. Uh, so remembering is very much part of our tradition and why we do things like Advent. It isn't just to get new things, but we want to remember. And when we remember that does good for our soul in this sense. 
The second thing that we do in Advent is we proclaim. Uh, these traditions proclaim, we declare. And so many of you, what a couple things, hopefully there's some, some newness. We, we take these, these, these truths that are timeless and we try to try to apply them today. And so the question today for us then is, what is it about God's love that we need to know? What is it that we need to experience? What is it um, that he has to reveal to us? And so in the next short minutes, I wanna, wanna share this um, a little bit, but this series, this series of Advent here at Hope, we have been looking at these common themes of, of hope, of peace, of joy, and now of love. But we've remembered that these realities aren't just realities for some distant future, or these aren't just some realities that are on a Hallmark card. But the reality of Christmas is that Christ came to us, that he embodied a man, he became a man and lived and walked within us, that there was this reality, this humanity that the gospel exists within. So we don't have joy without, we don't have joy by itself. We have also in, in the midst of grieving. Uh, we have love, but we also experience deep loneliness in that. And how these two things collide. Um, in my own story, loneliness uh, is kind of, has been part of it, has been part of my story. And in that, as a child uh, in third grade, where I grew up as a missionary kid and, and where my parents were in the Philippines, um, there was no school. So in third grade, I ended up going to boarding school and um, that was the best decision my parents could make at the time. And, and it was a good school and I'm glad there, but there was this tremendous sense of, of loneliness that I experienced as a child. Um, even though I knew that my parents loved me um, deeply, there was this sense of being alone um, in, a, in, a, in a house of, of other kids uh, in, you know, with, with people that cared about me, there was this loneliness that I experienced as a kid. Um, those were some tough nights. And you know, I wish I could say that loneliness was just an experience of kids. Um, but in many of our lives and over our lives, we experience loneliness in many ways. Uh, Psychology Today just online was talking about the pandemic of loneliness, um, specifically among, amongst men, um, and how this loneliness is, is something that we experience. Now, loneliness does differ than being alone. In this city, uh, we are surrounded by millions of people. Um, and so it's not just about being with people, um, but it's something different than that, that there is this sense of being lonely. Uh, for me, oftentimes loneliness comes with it, this sense of being rejected, being overlooked, not feeling good enough, not feeling like people love me or people care about me or people see me. Um, there's this sense of loneliness. Loneliness also comes with a sense of lack of touch. And we've experienced that in many, in many ways over the last couple of years that, man, I remember after uh, I was living by myself in, in Colorado when the pandemic broke out and, and when everything started and, 
and those weeks of just no human touch and how something in me ached for uh, just to be held, just to be touched. And we experience loneliness and loneliness is a real thing. And so the question is, is, is the love of God strong enough, deep enough to meet us in our loneliness? Um, that's a question that I wrestled with. Um, is God's love really enough? Is, is it strong enough? Is it real enough uh, to meet me in my loneliness? And the message of Christmas is one of, yes, it's deep enough. It's strong enough. It's with enough. And it's something that started years ago and is available to each of us. See, love and loneliness can coexist. Um, and, and that's where God wants to meet us. The story of the advent of Christ is he comes into the loneliness. He enters our story. He enters our humanity. Um, and he can sympathize and he can, he's lived in that place of loneliness as well. And so as we look at the, the Christmas story, I want to highlight three, three key lessons or three lessons that just rose to the surface. Um, and this first lesson is, is pretty, is pretty simple. Um, it's one that we've heard, um, over and over again. It's simply this God's love, the type of love that we encounter um, is a with us love. So the first thing as we talk about love, that this is not just a distant love, that God's love is not just this not big just idea this in the sky, but that God's love is a with us God, with us love. Um, so the story, the story of scriptures, the story of the Bible starts all the way back in a garden. Um, if you remember the story of God and that the Christmas story isn't isolated and it starts, you know, thousands of years ago and God created um, this garden that and within this garden, he placed humanity. He placed Adam and Eve. And this was a place of togetherness. Um, that was the context that it was the story of scripture was built in and and into that context um, or in that context we see the story of adam and eve that you might be familiar with you ended up rejecting god and then they decided to to go on their own they wanted to become like god instead of living in this withness in this garden in this eden and so they chose and they end up sinning we see this and there is a separation and at that moment, um, the story changes. And we see that God now, throughout scripture, has turned. And from the garden to the crib and then to the cross, we sent in even to now, we see this journey of God coming to us. And we see this embodied at Christmas when he becomes a child and he is born and lives and dies. And so this story is that, and if you read in, in the story, you hear this word coming out and the word is Emmanuel. Uh, if you go to the next slide here, um, Chris, the next Emmanuel, um, as you see, he will be called Emmanuel, 
God with us. And literally, if you take the word Emmanuel and you think of it as a name, what they're saying when we call God Emmanuel, we say he is the with us God, that he is this God who is with us. It's in his name. And so when we, when we, when we remember Christmas and when we remember the story of Christmas, we're reminded that it's not about us trying to get God to love us, but that it's in his name, that he is the with us God, that God wants to be with, and he is the one who comes to us. And so, so that's the first, kind of the first thing that we want to remember. And this one's basic. The, the second, second point that I want to talk about here quickly is, is a little bit more unique um, in the Christmas story. Uh, and is, is a little bit harder to wrestle with. But the second part, point is that God's love is for us individually. If you go to the next slide here. So not only does God love us and he wants to be with us, um, it's easy to understand that for God so loved the world. That was easy for me to, in a sense, to theorize that God loved the world, but that God loved me, that's a different reality that his love for me was personal, that God loves you and sees you in the midst of your loneliness, in the midst of your craziness, in the midst of your chaos, in your midst of your, your insecurities, uh, in, your, in the midst of your in, imperfections, that he sees you and that his love is for you personally, individually, that he's got a customized version of love that, that is so amazing and so unique to you. That's a little different than just knowing that God is love and that he loves us, but that he wants to be for us. And we see this highlighted in these two crazy characters in the, in the, in the story of Christmas. We see these kind of two random people. Uh, we see this group of shepherds um, that for some reason, and we see this other group of magi, the wise men, that if you think about the bigger story, and even at the time, this was, Christ was coming, and this is the greatest um, moment in the Jewish history, in, the, in, the, in, the, in humanity is about to happen, is happening. And you would think that who would be told of the greatest moment is going to be those who are the most religious. You think oftentimes the people that have it all together, the people that are right smack dem or the, the, the ends, right? But we see this, we see Luke talking about these shepherds on, the, on a hillside watching sheep. And we see these magi, these foreigners that aren't part of this religious elite of the, town, of, of the area, being the first ones shown. And see, when we think of the story of Christmas and we see these characters of the Shephite and the Magi, it reminds us that God sees us, that he sees those on the outside, the lonely, rejected, the common, and the foreigner. See, the reality is in our loneliness, uh, while we might not always be the, you know, the, the outsider, that we might be successful, we might have things externally, that in reality, that in our loneliness, oftentimes we believe the lies 
that we are rejected, we are abandoned, we are an outsider. And I wanna remind us in the Christmas stories that remind us that in those states when we feel like maybe uh, a shepherd or we literally are, uh, or we're a foreigner, we're an outsider, we don't seem like we're in the in crowd, that you are no less important and that the, in the Christmas story, the greatest honor was given to those who were lonely, those who were rejected, those who are on the outside. And the third point quickly that I wanted to mention in the Christmas story, um, and when we think about the love of God, is that God's love is enough. If you go to the next slide here, Chris, thanks. That God's love is truly enough. I was at, um, in the last eight weeks, I was, I got to experience two great, amazing ceremonies, sacred ceremonies. Uh, the first one was what, eight weeks ago, right, right there in Midtown, uh, when Sarah and I, uh, got married. Um, it was a moment of love. I remember writing, writing our vows and going over there and talking about love. And it was just a moment of immense celebration, uh, with our closest friends and family there to celebrate us. And it was magical, um, a magical evening of celebrating love and God's love to Sarah and I. Um, our own stories of rejection, of loss, of lack, and coming together um, in this place of celebration and honor. Eight weeks later, or seven and a half weeks later, on Monday, um, I was sitting in a small church in the outside of Columbus, Ohio, kind of in a small town, where a good friend of mine um, was putting to rest his wife of 36 years. She had been critically ill for all 36 years of their marriage. And it was a celebration of love. Uh, to see his love for his wife, to remember her love for him, and to see God's love to them in the midst of pain and difficulty and brokenness and questioning, he just come back to, and it was amazing to witness this idea that God's love is enough. And at this funeral, they shared this, this passage. Um, and I want to read it to you. It's in Romans 8. Romans 8 says this, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or endangered or in threatening of death? Joanne, uh, my friend's wife, knew this and he, uh, Bob knew this well. Um, and it's easy to question that. Does God still love us? Is his love still enough? This is as scripture says, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Go to the next slide. 
And I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the, our fears for today or our worries for tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or the, in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so while we can be tempted to feel like love is fleeting, um, we can remember that God's love is enough. And despite our circumstances, despite what it is, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Closing, I want to read a little bit out of a journal um, of a guy named Henry Nowen. Um, this is it's a book called The Inner Voice of Love. And it was his personal journal during some of the dark nights of his soul, where he struggled with this concept of love and being loved. And he wrote these, these words to himself. So think of, you got to kind of keep these, get this idea in your mind that this is him writing to himself, but it also can apply to us. And I know that during some of my darkest days, it was, these words were an encouragement to me as well. And early on in this, in this moment, he writes this. He says, there are two realities in which we must cling. First, God has promised that you will receive the love you have been searching for. And second, God is faithful to that promise. So stop wandering around. Instead, come home and trust that God will bring you what you need. Your, your whole life, you have been running about, seeking the love you desire. Now it is time to end that search. Trust that God will give you that all-fulfilling love and will give it to you in a human way. Before you die, God will offer you the deepest satisfaction you desire. Just stop running and start trusting and receiving. Hope is where you are, sorry, home is where you are truly safe. It is where you can receive what you desire. You need human hands to hold you there so that you don't run away again. But when you come home, stay home, and you will find the love that will bring rest to your heart. These words weren't writ written on some, out of some high place, but were written in the midst of pain and suffering. Later on, several weeks later, when struggling with this, he writes to himself, be patient. When you feel lonely, stay with your loneliness. Avoid the temptation to let your fearful self run off. Let it teach you its wisdom. Let it tell you that you can live instead of just surviving. And gradually, you will find that Jesus is living in your heart and offering you all that you need. This is my prayer for you guys, for all of us here, is that this Christmas season, that we would know, that you would know, that you would remember God's love, and that you would know that God loves you more than anything else, and that his love is enough, it sustains, 
uh, it perseveres. It comes after us and is available to us. Maybe the hardest thing about love is that we need to learn to receive it. Um, and so may you receive this love from him.